Greetings, flesh creatures. It is I, Megatron. On behalf of TFYLP, I want to congratulate you for listening to the most refined collective podcast on this miserable little planet Earth. Yes. Here you'll find knowledgeable fans discussing every aspect of Transformers and beyond. Now, enjoy the show while I continue my path to complete conquest of all of you miserable biological entities. Predacons, terrorize! Transformers, defenders of truth, Terrorize! Does someone have their window? Hi, welcome to TFLP episode 522. We are live tonight. It is Monday, uh, what is it, March 20th? 20th. There you go. Sounds I'm as Lucas. good as any other day. There you go. I'm joined tonight by Christian. What up? Never first. That's so weird. Hello. And Phil. Howdy. And Anna. Always last. Hello. Well, I I apologize. I think it's just in the order of like when you turned on your camera. Probably. And I'm always last on that for sure. Uh, mm, mm. Like. I'm like, I joined early tonight, two minutes before we start. So, yeah, I apologize again about the late start. Uh, it's it's my fault. So I, I really should just move the show to 9.15. But then the question is, if I move it to 9.15, well, then I continue to be late. We, we won't know. Are you sure we're streaming? We should be. Is it not streaming? Oh, yeah, I'm not seeing it on the YouTube. Yeah, I couldn't see it on there either. I tried digging for it in the live section and it says waiting for Transformers for your listening pleasure. Uh, let me see. Do, do, do. Oh, here we go. There I we think are. it's like that's weird. Okay. So, uh I don't know did uh Yay, are we live intro. now, hopefully? We're suddenly live. We're suddenly live. It was very sudden though. Like the video just appeared as a Yeah. That's weird. Well, yeah, so we've been going for uh, you know several minutes here, but apparently somehow the stream like it didn't actually broadcast to YouTube. So don't worry, we didn't say uh, really anything important. No, no, really. We well, spent an hour but do we on ever our thesis of the you know the yes, entire thing do. of Transformers Earth Spark and how it relates to just happiness in general? I mean, I don't think we can really recreate that. That was pretty organic. It's it's. Lucas, tell me you were recording that at least. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not, like, when this, you know, whatever replays, if the first couple minutes were, you know, that bit of gold there, Phil, 
Yeah. That was captured. That be a lot an epiphany lost to time, I'm afraid. Yeah. It's like when you forgot to set record on a Transformers episode in the 1980s. It was gone oh, forever. You lose it forever. forever. Yeah. Well, the 80s. We all remember those times so well. Dude. I wish I would have recorded. Yeah, totally, Phil. <laughs> well, before we get into Earthspark, I, I would like to mention TFCon LA, since we didn't get a chance oh, yeah. to discuss that. It's that, kind of related, even. It is, it is. is it? It's going to segue so Okay, sure. <clears throat> but the convention itself, fantastic. I, I cannot recommend this con highly enough. It's the most I mean, it's the most stable Transformers con in the country. Every year, same location. The celebrities, like, Perceptor lives 11 minutes away. For, for so many of the, so many of the people, like, everyone's away. desperate to see that's, that's down the street for them. The actual Perceptor lives with Paul Eiding, Christian, I would, obviously. I, I would come to the con if I could meet the actual Perceptor. He retired to LA, you know. After I mean, that makes all the sense. Sciencey stuff on Cybertron. He's like, you know, I just need that warm weather, that dry California air. I don't know. The cosplay was pretty good. You might find a perceptor there yet. Mm-hmm. Just put out that request and say you're coming. <laughs> like, I feel like if you ever see a perceptor at a convention, you have to ask them what's shaking, other than this battle station. I remember seeing the first time I saw a, a Rodimus, I had to ask them to say till all are one. Yeah. Did they? They did. They did. Nice. Of they very, did. Very polite. Why, why wouldn't they? I don't know. Maybe like a billion people asked them that day. Yes. I wish they would have given you a star. Too much, too much attention for their obscure yeah. characters. I don't. I, I am not part of cosplay. I don't know any. You know, that's actually why I stopped cosplaying. Was it made con Wait, attendance Christian, very like? What? what did you just what? say? You said you're not down with cosplay, and then what? No, I'm not. I'm not into cosplay, and I don't know any cosplayers, as far as I know. Like one of your best friend's girlfriends. Well, I guess that's true, but I've never been around her while she's done that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'm a former cosplayer, Christian. Again, I wasn't there while you were. I just gave it up because I was getting old. Mm. I also give it up because if it's just like, like I said, like you take five steps, then you get a photograph. You take five steps and someone gets your costume wrong. You take five steps and then someone compliments you. You it's get five steps and then someone steps. else you. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's, it's great. But it would be a new way to have fun at the cons. I got my mm. husband to, to cosplay with me as a teen once and he never wanted to do it again because we couldn't move. <laughs> oh come on! One day is one day. The whole cast that d- d- shows up as seekers. Oh, boo. tell me, Paul, would you do it? It's one of the few things days. I haven't done to con. Hey, yeah. if the if the cats ever wanted to do a cosplay together, I would be totally on top of it. I was a little disappointed. We went to Planet Comic Con this weekend, and my kids didn't cosplay and uh so i was like oh man like they're you know because every when we used to go uh they would always uh you know like whatever they would cosplay as something 
and this was the first first year that they're like, ah, whatever. We don't need to, you know, we don't need to dress up. Well, this year I noticed L.A. had cars outside. I, I, that might be a thing they've they've had many times. I just never noticed. But it was kind of cool to see like a bunch of the different movie cars and people were driving up in. Well, I was shocked that Prowl like that. That was kind of crazy because yeah, Bumblebee's pretty easy, right? Um, I mean, there was a Bumblebee edition Camaro, but uh, to do Prowl. Uh, how do you even drive that around? I would assume he takes the light bar off. I'd hope so. Or it's an actual cop. We I didn't check. Ooh. Who changed their name to Prowl? Datsun or was it something else? Yeah, it was a Datsun. I think I saw that at BotCon in Pasadena one year. But like, it had like those aren't the wheels it's supposed to have, right? The tires on it, like they looked like they were huge. Is this supposed to have giant tires? I don't know anything about cars. Yeah, I can't answer tires. any like questions normal, about the, the Did normal it? tires. Okay. I don't know. May, maybe not. It just looked huge to me. But the deal is, you guys can know someone who used to have a, a show car for a TF card. Ooh. Oh, yeah. What what was it? Jolt went to TFCon Charlotte. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. I had to field all the normal electric car questions, but it was fun. I actually also, don't think I ever. Com, but they weren't on display. They didn't do a a display that year like they had in previous years. But they did one in TFCon, and I went and I parked out front with B and Prime, and it was great. I don't think I ever realized that your that your vault was blue. Hmm? It was a whole thing. That's awesome. Weren't most of them blue? No, many of them were not blue. Okay. I figured. Blue was actually a little bit hard to find, but I knew I wanted to get a vault. I was like, well, if I'm going to get one, I might as well go all the way. So I had to like specially find one. But I did, and it was fun. Nice. That's really cool. I even had the the license plate was you know NC bot jolt. Had symbols on the the rims and the, the front and back and the inside was themed and it was neat. I had the little robot hero guy on the dash. Like no one knows who Jolt is, oh. right? But I did the best I could with it. I mean I really like Jolt. I wanted to be a Jolt fan. I guess he never did anything. He did not. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that too, Anna. I wanted to like Jolt more, and I was like, "All right, you merge Optimus and Jetfire. That was kind of a cool MacGuffin thing." Yeah, I liked them. They didn't, yeah. you know, that's it. But anyway, Catherine, we're sorry. We ran off. We drove off with your topic. We did. Sorry. Now we'll drive it back. Oh, what you did there. Yes, I'm sure that's the last time anyone will ever have a segue or conversational deviation on this show again. <laughs> yes. Those are banned now. Segue for our segue for our deviation. So, uh, how did you think that TFCon LA compares to TFCon Chicago? I think I can't remember. Were you? I didn't do Chicago, but everything I've heard about Chicago was that it was too crowded, it was too packed. And it was hard to, you know, it was hard to move a lot of, a lot of times. Not everyone agreed with that, but 
Many of us felt that way. I feel like there was a good amount of space at TFCon Chicago, uh, but there was a lot of people there. Um, I would say TFCon DC, like, not this last one or not the Baltimore one, but the TFCon DC was pretty tight, like the dealer's room. And if I remember correctly, I think TFCon chicago maybe a few years ago like they had a pretty small dealers like the the size of the dealer room was too small for like the amount of vendors and people that they had but i I think that tfcon chicago they had plenty of space it's just that like there was a lot of people there i think attendance was out of control yeah Yeah. it was just i mean in a good way like you can never say that lots of attendance for a con (laughs) is a bad thing but Perhaps, perhaps California has just as much, you know, perhaps LA has just as much attendance, just they have better space, bigger space. The space does accommodate the crowds very nicely. I mean, using the same space year after year, they've gotten very efficient with it. Um, it, it always felt like the comfortable size. And it's, I'm sure I, I will, I didn't go to Chicago, but I'm just going to challenge it outright and say, we have the better artist alley. As far as that, as far as that, you know, all those fun little dealers outside of the con room. So, so, oh, so good this year, every year, they just keeps getting better. I will say Chicago had a better um, artist alley this previous year than Baltimore did in 2021. I'll agree with that. Yeah. So if you're, if you're gauging things by Baltimore 2021, that was a little bit of a lighter artist alley, not as many choices I thought in terms of different styles of things you can get. Chicago last year had a lot more options to choose from. Chicago Um, has a good convention scene though. And I'm sure that a lot of, People just do multiple conventions out there. Yeah. Uh, the dealer's room itself. I mean, while you get a lot of the, you get TF Source, Chosen Prime, um, you get a couple, you know, a couple of other major brands. We we. I don't know how many vendors we get out here that don't go that far out, but we definitely have an excellent um, dealer's room. Uh, only one Unicron showed up and we're suspecting somebody sold it to them because it was a chosen prime headed on Sunday, weirdly. So Mm. no one was selling star saber. Mm. Chosen prime made me an offer for my Unicron on the way out the door at TFCon and it was, it was not good. I'm curious what that number is. I'll tell you after the show. I'm I'm sure it's the oh hey, do you really want to take that back with you, Bryce? Not realizing that you're from Chicago. Yeah, that was it. They they definitely they have a good handle on all of the Cullen crowds. Uh, since Cullen was just on Sunday and he was pretty much the you know, half of the day, you know, half of the attendance was just for him that day, easily. But they had it well under control and his lines were never in the way. I can't speak to how well, like how cleanly those lines move, but. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I didn't think about that. I mean, obviously they, they need to work around his schedule, but for a convention, especially like TFCon to have the big time celebrity on Sunday, I'm sure is a boon for them because Saturdays are almost always going to be busy. 
Um, yeah. And so to, to have a big draw then on Sunday means you're going to have a pretty pretty packed crowd on both days, which is, is good for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there were no clearance um, pricing on, on the, the second day because of that. Yeah. And the dealers all looked like they did very well. No one looked like they were hurting. It's always good. It's sad when you're at a show and then just like the dealers look really grumpy on Sunday. And if you talk to them, they're like, I haven't sold anything. Nah. But, it's always sad. If I look grumpy on Sunday, it's because I'm hungover. <laughs> See, you can't be hungover on Sunday because that's when the, pa- the best panels are. I'm sure they do some panels on Saturday besides the third party one, but nobody really notices. Well, if you're if you're working the dealer table, then the panels aren't that important to you because you're you're stuck behind the table. The third party panel looked pretty exciting this year, though. I thought. Yeah, it looked all right. Excitement. What were your favorite uh, showings of the third party panel, Captain? Nothing jumped at me this year. Anything that got the crowd going? Um, the usual like fans hobby. Always get always gets everyone real excited, especially that one with the uh, with the trailer and the jet fire. I think of Armada attachments. Yeah. That one seemed to get a lot of fanfare. People are excited for that. Did it looks good. Did announce anything? I, I kind of, you know, I've been on vacation, so I haven't really had a chance to look at it. I can't remember if they announced anything, did they? It's always... Not that I remember seeing. Okay. In, anybody else like MMC or... They fixed Eris. Fixed, you think? Yeah, I think I she looks a lot worse. better. I, I like it even less. I'm still not going to buy it. is that the one that's the Armada Megatron, or is that just the original, yeah. like, Tarn one? Oh, okay. The Armada Megatron, they put up new photos of it. They, they uh, redid the HUD quite a bit, and it's just like... I think they made the headdress better, but the face is way more severe, and I just don't like it. Catherine, was there anything that they showed in person that you hadn't seen before that was impressive? Um, when I went into a display case at the at the Chosen Prime, I was like asking to show me open the case because I wanted to look at the little um, the little Devastator guys that the ones that turned into cubes the from mm-hmm. Fifty Two Toys. Instead, I had them hand me the Omega Supreme behind it and ended up buying it because it's from Pangu Toys and it was $85. And it's overwhelmingly awesome. Uh, I think Anna said it was a, a Gabriel um, undersized. Yeah, it's a scaled down DX9 Gabriel. Seems to be exactly it. It's fantastic. Pictures. It is really an amazing value for eighty-five dollars. So that was legend size, by the way. For you, that was, yeah, that was quite a surprise. Yeah, that seems pretty good, though, because then you know, for the people that are balking at the price of the new age Omega Supreme, they can get the painting mm-hmm. toys. They swooped in. They they went for some swoopster tactics and just came in and said, "Hey, guess what? New Age just announced their Omega." We've got one right now for $8. And yeah. 
A lot yeah, of people I felt like I had it. Anna whispering in my ear to buy that too. You did. Because you called me. <laughs> we were because all right talking. That's the entire third party game is to try and like beat the other, you know, company to the punch. So Maybe. that's, yeah. Well, it's kind of the same way with the Severo, right? <laughs> and, uh, they managed to have that for the weekend, like right before the Hasbro announcement dropped, right? It was like two days later. And then they wrote, Hasbro was like, hey, yellow Grimrock. Well, I guess technically Hasbro hasn't announced it yet. I think it's just a like a box art, right? One slipped picture, yeah. Yeah. So. It was the interesting last... with that. My uh, my real quickly on those those G two Walmart uh, legacy toys. For some reason, Toxitron said the release date was March eighteenth, which has since come and gone and is not shipped. So everyone else says it's like July, but. I was like, did I did I get like some early pre-order thing that I'm going to get this like months before everybody? And it doesn't appear to be the case. So the last part of the con that I wanted to mention was was the EarthSpark panel, which was overwhelmingly the highlight of the con for me. This panel was amazing. It had uh, four four of the voice actors, the two the the mom and the dad. Um, uh, Thrash and the uh, actress for Frenzy. So all f- all four great, all, all four great. The panel was just so good, and the first panel apparently in TFCon history that was all pre- people of color. Nice. Yeah. The the if you ever uh, if you ever meet the the act the voice actor for the dad uh, is, what is it, uh, John John Briones he is his character he he looks like him he's one hundred percent that guy he is that dad so funny you mentioned that my wife and I just started watching season two of um, uh, Picard the other day and and he is in that. And it's like, oh. yeah, it is, it is definitely, definitely him. Like, you're, you're exactly right. The way he talks, the way he looks, um, it, it is, you know, not, he's not having to work that hard as an actor no. um, to carry that role. No offense <laughs> to him. You know, he's got, I'm sure, do a lot of, you know, inflection and, and, and put the heart into that character. But it is, they, they tailor made that for this guy. And, and he's so delightful in person. That's awesome. So was there any insight from the panel that you got that, you know, kind of enhanced uh, watching the show? Um, well, I, I, that's kind of a weird, um, no, because I already watched it before the panel. I had seen everything before I uh, went to the panel, so I haven't seen it since. Uh-huh. You mean enhanced it like in a well, review? Well, just, just like, was there any additional insight that you, like, you know, got from or, like, any anecdotes that they had uh, about the the show in general? Uh, like, as a sense of how they interacted with each other and how much they loved the writers and how, like, there's a lot of love for those writers and how much, the, what a, an amazing job they've done. But, like, no, there wasn't any... Like they, they can't really they can't really say anything. 
about you know beyond what what what's out there did they um did they actually record the show together and not individually don't know okay i wasn't sure when you're you were saying as far as them interacting with one another um because i know nowadays it seems like most of the voice actors do their lines individually like you know rather than being in a studio so that's why i was i was curious for the show they they seem to have worked together i i suspect in person at some point in the process I'm really excited that next, you know, with these four this year, that next year we'll get even more. Um, Season two, as we say, right? They've been renewed. The beginning of February, they got picked up for a second season. See, there it goes, Zaldron. We're not wrong. I was going <laughs> to put the title we, out there. We're technically wrong because season two hasn't started yet, but there will be a season two. There might still be more of season one. It's it's all ridiculous. Like they released a set of episodes and another set of episodes. They're not called different seasons this time. They're all part of season one, but really, it feels like season one and season two. Well, they released me off because um, you know I, I got a little confused because like Voltron, for example, that's how they number their seasons is. Like on Netflix, they have season one, season two, where they do these little mini seasons. And so that's why I wasn't sure for this, since they weren't being released at the same time, if they were calling that. But I guess apparently it's all season one, right? Who knows if there's ever a another release of it, if they'll renumber it. You know, on Paramount right now, it's all listed as season one. But they might renumber it in the future. Every episode is its own season. I want them to go old school 80s syndication style and each season is 52 episodes. <laughs> hey, a 16 episode season is something we haven't seen in a long time as it is. Yeah. And 16, 16 20 minute episodes. If you chop it up by 20 minutes, I believe it's 18 in that scenario. It yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. Still. There are two double bubbles. Yeah. Actually, um, so, so I'm a huge fan of, of Earth Spark, and we'll get into that in more detail here in a few minutes. Um, what was the audience at the the panel's reaction? Was there any anyone that was like, eh, I don't really like it? No. I don't think no. the panel. Because some people like to go to panels just to say they don't like something. No, there was nothing but like pure love for the for uh, for for earth spark and the and the, and those on the stage nice and it was full too right like the panel was full there was we had to wait in line for a while to get in that's, that's pretty good. good yeah yeah that's not bad for just four earth spark actors not even a prime or uh or a Megatron to be seen. Yeah. See Hasbro, if you build it, they will come. If you make a good All show, right. people get stoked for it. Yeah, people are excited for these characters. Even though none of them are like big, exciting, strong, what we're used to. Yeah, half the people on that panel were playing humans. Oh. Most of the time we nag about humans. You just you just need a clean one, Phil, because she's so. It, 
I know, your chest. It, and it, I want to see if the chest on yours uh, is is good or not. Floppy doppy. I look forward to it being good. Yay! So, yeah, you can, you I can look forward to it. So, several people on the show right now are showing off their Twitch, who is the, the protagonist of the series in my mind. One of the two original Terrans from season one. In case anyone's so, so, listening. Yeah, so, I mean, are we going to go... Yeah, let's in go into it. Right now. This, yeah, in. now we got a new awesome, you know, lead superstar. Hashtag. Kinda. <laughs> I, I love her. She, she's, she's my favorite of them. That's good. She's a I don't know. cute Nightshade and Jawbreaker, I, I, I enjoyed slightly more than Hashtag. Good. We should all enjoy different things. Yeah, I agree. Oh, should we say spoilers on this? I'm assuming at this point. Yeah, I you... think we might as well just do spoilers. Like we if could do spoiler show, free. I, I feel oh, like at this point, if, if you're like me and haven't, uh, I'm still waiting. I, I made the mistake of uh, telling my kids that I'd watch the show with them, and so you know they we watched a few episodes and then they haven't went back to it. So I still have not seen. Uh, most of it, but I am more than happy to have all you guys, uh, you know, spoil everything for me. So you're way back from season one, right? Or part one, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucas, as a fellow parent, I will just say, kids suck. (laughs) But, yeah, that's the right attitude to walk in with. The family is wonderful and sweet, and the kids are cute. That's what the show's about. I don't mean the kids on the show suck. I mean, like, when you have Real children life. of your own, they uh-huh. suck. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. We understood. Yeah. So, so, Phil, what did your kid think about the show? Did you watch all of the episodes with him? I watched all the episodes with my eight-year-old. He he enjoyed all of it. He's He's been enjoying the living daylights out of it. Um, you know, even my, my three-year-old watched a couple of the last episodes of, of the, the second section um, mainly because it's like, all right, well, you're here, so I'm just going to put it on anyways. And he's at a phase right now where he's kind of playing with some old rescue bot toys, and he recognizes Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. And he was like, anytime Optimus Prime or Bumblebee was not on the screen, he was like, where's Optimus Prime? Where's Bumblebee? What's going on? Don't tell Hasbro that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he, he you know, both, both boys enjoyed it. thought it was pretty darn cool. Well, that's good. That's so, good. did it make them actually want to purchase some toys? Um, that's a tough thing to ask for my kids because I get so many toys that they just sort of like know that Transformers will show up at some point. So, you know, that that's that's a loaded question in my house. Like, I've already got Twitch. And like we've we've seen Bumblebee and Megatron in stores, I'm like, nah, nah, those those toys aren't that great. And so, like, my son will defer to me of like if we're gonna get a toy or not, a Transformers toy. So I don't think he's ever, I don't think he's ever bought a Transformers toy for himself. And again, he hasn't needed to. So, yeah, there's that for you, Christian. You've yeah, been. 
My kids are quiet like, on this. Yeah, Christian. I don't have input about conventions that I don't go to or things with kids because I didn't go and I don't have them. Oh, we're under Earth Park now. Yeah. Well, we haven't really started talking about it yet. Yeah, talking about so we're, Lucas we're, and Phil's children, and I don't. Have I don't think know we're going. We don't need to recap the first part, right? Like we we talked about the first part across a few episodes back in the day. Yeah, it's been covered. I mean, I don't know if you want to do a quick, you know, recap so that you can spoil season one for me. I don't know. Here, I forget everything, so my recap will be very concise because I'll remember like a third of what happened. So basically, there's this family and they have kids, and the kids went into a hole and they made baby transformers in the hole by accident. <laughs> and I got funny the way I said it. Well, so they found a magic rock that created transformers that are somehow half earthling, half transformer, and they are Twitch and Thrash, who are the two new Terrans of the first part. And the first part of the series was basically them learning how to navigate family, because basically the kids' parents just straight up adopted the robots as their kids. So they learned how to navigate family, learned how to get alt modes, and had to deal with the looming threat of an evil human, and a totally not evil human organization that's working with Optimus Prime. One of the biggest takeaways from the first part is that this is a post-war series. Even though it's like very family-based and wholesome and positive, it is definitely a post-war world. So this is a world that has dealt with years of Transformers War. The Transformers War happened in the 80s and kept going for quite a while and everything's peaceful and there's cute stuff there's my summary perfect a good summary so well, a couple, figured, couple things i would add the first part so, a couple of <laughs> babies minor minor things i would add anna that that, that i would say you missed um megatron just like he did in the idw books switched to being on the side uh, you know, I don't know if I'd necessarily say he's on the side of the Autobots, but he's on the side of the humans, um, working with uh, the remaining Autobots and, and battling other Decepticons. Um, and then, you know, Bumblebee is assigned by Optimus Prime to basically be the instructor and sort of guardian of these uh, new Terran Transformers and the family that has adopted them. So that's where Bumblebee's uh, role in this show falls into place. And he's got the. Uh, a little bit of a mystery around him that, that he kind of disappeared at the end of the Cybertronian war. We don't know why. Um, uh, but, but, you know, he was gone for, I, I, it, it sounds like the time frame is what we sound like 10 years, 20 years. Have they established how long the war's been gone. The war's been done for. I think so. Yeah. It's probably been said. I probably didn't encode it that well. A bit. Yeah. It's been a bit. The children, yeah. the human children, have not were not alive when the war ended. No, and but was, the parents were married while the war was going on. I think they said it's been fifteen years. Okay, that tracks. It was, it was long enough for them to make some big statues. There are big statues. Yeah, but the the dad, the human dad, is a Transformers professor at a college, which is pretty cool. 
And the mom was once in the military as a partner of Megatron, and now she is supposed to be a park ranger, but is mostly undercover. Right? Is that how it works? Undercover yeah. ghost, but they don't know that she's undercover with them. I think. They... Yeah, it's it's a little. I feel like sometimes they know, and sometimes they don't. Transformers yeah. professor, though, man, Christian, that could have been you. I know. That's like that's the first thing I said when the character synopsis for Alex came out. I was like, that's what I need to do. I need to go back to school and get that. I agree. Unfortunately, the professor is Peter. It's gonna be a tough coursework load. But uh, cut me deep. <laughs> we, we were all thinking it. That were we? Deep. I didn't even know what I was thinking. What a surprise. <sighs> All right. You're the only one that could pass it, though. Robot Take it down a peg, but I, I get it. Yes, I ah. pass. Oh, you. Oh, you are right up there. I, I would do it. Be Dr. Russell of Transformerology. I forget what they actually, what they call the subject. I, I don't remember what it is anymore. I, I just have this, her. like. I have this mental like image in my head, Christian, of you and Peter both being professors, but at like different schools, and you're competing against each other for grants and, and you know for for all this stuff. And you're like, oh, Peter, you you, you outdid me again. Gets his book published, you know, before you do, and he's on Oprah, and and you're like, ah, damn it, Peter. So which one of you goes Mandroid? Oh, Peter, absolutely. He's got better yeah. connections for that than I do. Yeah. Android I mean, is the bad human. Android is the bad human. He likes slicing limbs off of Cybertronians, mostly Decepticons, and uh, integrating them into his own body somehow, because science, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the first part, we have three new Terrans that, that appear. They're like, hey, what's up? And they are hashtag jawbreaker and nightshade and part two picks up with them and everybody else but there's more focus on them mm-hmm. yeah so we have more babies we have five more babies five terran transformers of which if we're looking at the toy line so of these sort of deluxe scale toys in the first wave we got uh twitch here and megatron and bumblebee and then now we've got Optimus and uh, Shockwave coming out. And the new Shockwave toy is just a repaint of his Cyberverse deluxe scale toy. We've got a Grimlock that they've shown on the back. And, and Grimlock does show up in the, the last two episodes of this new batch of episodes. Um, but we don't know what that Grimlock toy is going to look like. I think a lot of people are assuming he's going to be a, a repaint of the Cyberverse toy. But we will also then get one of the new Terrans. We will get Nightshade. Uh, and with her alt mode, um, you know, there. not not her pro there. form. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I sincerely apologize. Uh, Nightshade with their alt mode. Uh, at least that's how it looks on the back of the box. It was it was kind of interesting because we saw the back of the box with Nightshade um, when the first batch of episodes came out. Uh, but at that point, Nightshade was just a proto form, and, and they did not have an alt mode yet. So. Um, that did that did occur fairly early on. And uh, bravo to Hasbro too. for keeping the like the toys under wraps. Yeah, not spoiling what like alt modes on this. 
Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that, that is interesting because we haven't seen, you know, like everything gets leaked in the collector's oh. lines, right? But we didn't get a leak of Nightshade to ruin their alt mode, which was supposed to be a surprise because they're the first one that goes outside of cars. So, yeah. you know, I, I will say, though, the lines for the cartoon, like Cyberverse and, and whatever, like, I feel like that usually does not get leaked. Um, it doesn't but, as much. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, like, we don't even know about uh, those lines until they actually show up on store shelves. They're like, oh, we're getting that toy. Okay. And a lot of that's because we draw lines as fans. We're like, these aren't for us. These are the kid lines. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so to get some of the other characters, Thrash has been advertised as coming out and I forget what scale they call it. He's he's more of an action he's warrior, a warrior scale. Warrior scale. Yeah. Okay. So that's a line Just that's like a deluxe, more, but worse. Yeah, like they, they've got more action features built into them. Um so you will be able to get the first two Terrans. How well they'll scale together, yes. I don't I don't know. Terribly. Twitch is smaller. She should Twitch be is, a smaller figure. Right. She should be, but she won't be as much smaller as she should be. So the yeah. problem with the toy line, the deluxe toy line, so, you know, in Cyberverse, they started doing deluxes, which are closer to what we're used to as collectors. They're higher complexity, awkward plastic quality, awkward amount of paint, usually not enough paint at all. But they are similar levels of complexity and um, posability to the collector's lines that we collect typically um, so they released Twitch and Megatron and Bumblebee, right, in that first set, but they're all about all the, same, the size. same size, because with the deluxe line, it's basically, you know, a set of characters at a set size, whereas, you know, in the, in the show, Twitch is like Megatron's foot, right, she's tiny mm-hmm. compared to him, because she's a freaking drone, and he's some sort of military helicopter doohickey, I, I really know what he is, some sort of thing I don't know about. But even Bumblebee kind is tiny like compared to Megatron, right? Like, Megatron is huge compared to Bumblebee. Bumblebee is really big compared to Twitch, actually, because yeah. he's a car. But then when the deluxes come out, they're all the same size, which is kind of a, I want to say a bummer, but I mean, it's just the philosophy they're releasing with. Like, nothing's really been to scale in Cyberverse, and nothing will probably be to scale in Earth Spark either. Yeah, it, it is interesting with, with this show that the idea of mass shifting doesn't really seem to be a thing in this show. Like, if you have a small alt mode, you're a small bot. Uh, you're, you're a small yep. transformer in that scenario. So Twitch, she turns into a drone, and so therefore she's she's the smallest of her siblings. She's not that much bigger than a human adult in the show. Um, so, yeah, and, and then, you know, some of her siblings are... Are, are vans and they're considerably taller than her. So yeah, yeah, hashtag got a lot that. taller when she scanned her van alt mode. Yeah. She was kind of like, yeah. yep. all the protoforms are kind of the same size and they adjust based on what they scan as alt mode. I thought that was kind of interesting yeah. too. And thrashing yeah, well, the motorcycle is, is he's not that big of a transformer either. Nope. Nope. And that was, that was something that I was like kind of scratching my head with because the protoforms were bigger than Thrash and and, um, and and Twitch when they were just in protoform mode. I'm like, oh, are these two early Terrans smaller? 
and then it's like, no, no, it's not that Terrans are smaller. It's not that the first two Terrans are smaller. It's, it's you know, they, they solidify that that is based upon the alt mode that you will grow or shrink depending upon what you scan. So I guess they mass shift once. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's fair to say. Yeah. Weird. And one of the things that I liked about the series that they kept going in the second part, and, you know, we should have said this, like, I meant to have us say this, but we started talking about TFCon and everything else, just in case people only listen to part of the show. Like, the the take-home message, the TLDR, is that the show is really good, and you mm-hmm. should go watch it from episode one if you haven't. It's worth it. Yes, it's family-friendly. Yes, it's kid-targeted. But it's also well made, well written, and well put together. So if you like themes about fiction, about transforming robot people, it's fantastic. So it's the best Transformers fiction we've had in quite some time. Could be ever. Some time. It, it oh, could no, be the best. It could be the best. The best Transformers fiction we've had on television, at least since Prime. And and I I could easily sit here and have someone say that this is better than Prime, and I I would, you know, not not fight you too hard on that. So let's not make those comparisons because we'll start we'll start actually putting effort into it. And what I was going to say well, I is feel like something Prime is about a different this show, though. Right? Like, no, don't go down that path. Back to Anna. Back going. To don't go there. Yeah, that's a it's different. What I was going to say that is unique about this show that I've been enjoying. And I think they did well in the second part is that the Terrans are kids. Like they're born, they're dealing with that like born fully formed idea, right? Like where a lot of like fantasy races and whatnot are like born as full adults, where the Terrans are born as fully functional transformers. They're big, they're fully grown, they're large, they've got, they can walk and talk and think, but they're kids. Right, like they act like children. They act like they don't know anything. They need to be educated. They're naive. They're impulsive. They're everything. All the kids are depicted well, including the Terrans, which is really cool. Like they're not annoying little whiny brats. They're not screechy. They're inquisitive. They're interested. They're impulsive. They're just they're good depictions of children. As someone who spends a lot of her time teaching developmental psychology, they're good depictions of children. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, this is And they're all like, really good people, of course. This is not like R.I.D. where you've got the dad and his son just like, oh, please get off the screen because you're you're just bothering me. Um, no, this is these are fleshed out characters that you you definitely care about. I genuinely enjoy the humans. And yeah. That that's pretty rare for me. I'm I'm pretty big yeah. on hating humans. You're, you're not supposed uh, to like is, some of the these guys are great. Yeah. Like the, the Maltos feel like a family by themselves and the, the Transformers come and they they feel like they're truly part of the family too. Yeah. When that when that yeah, premise really came neat. out originally about the show, I was like, this seems really strange. Like how is this possibly gonna work? It just yeah. does. They feel they like they well. care. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty neat. It's really cool. They, they have another it, it dad. Like they have Dad Bumblebee or Bumble Dad. Bumble Dad's probably better. But yeah, Phil mentioned Optimus assigned B to be their instructor, and instead he's kind of like another parent. 
Which, to be fair, they have seven kids now, so having three parents they really probably, probably helps out. Yeah. Now, now I need to see this as a full house spinoff. Oh, that's yeah, it whole really, time. Bumblebee is more of the Uncle Jesse in that story. So oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was thinking of him as the cool uncle. Yeah, and 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 the dad is is Uncle Joey, and the mom is Bob Saget. I mean, she's a serious one. She is the serious one. That yeah. is true. Um. So. I will agree that this show is has been my favorite Transformer show on TV in, in at least a decade. The quality of it is really, really good. Um, you know, from from the animation, the designs, even the music is really good. The voice actors are phenomenal. Um, you know, we we know some people who were voice actors in the the Netflix shows, and I, I don't want to disparage them. Um, but you know, it was it was fairly well publicized that Hasbro decided to kind of trim down a little bit of their budget for the voice actors for the Netflix show. And, and, you know, there was no, you know, well-known actors that were part of the Netflix show voice cast. Whereas with this, yeah, there are, there are actors and actresses in um, the, the uh, cast of Earthspark. They're going to be well-known to, to folks. If you pull up their IMDb, IMDb page. So we got Alan Tudyk as Optimus Prime which was, you know, for some people kind of a little bit like, oh, really him? But he does a great job. And this is this is not your father's Optimus Prime. This is an Optimus Prime who is somewhat conflicted and not sure if he's on the good guy side anymore. Um, we've got a Megatron that is by far and above the best, you know, iteration of Megatron on a television screen I've ever seen in terms of just deep thinking and thoughtful of a character. Um Almost every scene with Megatron is is just outstanding. So uh, you know, and, and then one of my favorite characters from the first chunk of episodes was Wheeljack, and they gave Wheeljack a very different kind of personality than we've seen him have before. But I adored it. Well, the You're actors fine. that that were present were all all fans. They are all deep fans of the franchise of many series they they were a fan before they got these auditions they already love the franchise and they got to bring that in we i think we can all feel that in all of their roles yeah yeah i think so phil mentioned wheeljack and i, I like that the show brings in those weekly guest appearance characters and i think the second part had a really good slate of them Maybe not even a slate, just two particular standouts. And I want to talk about Tarantulas and I want to talk about Breakdown. Because those aired back to back and they probably shouldn't have, but they did. And they were both really excellent characters. They were. Holy cow. Like they're both ex-Decepticons or I guess still Decepticons. They're kind of fishy on, on are the Decepticons still a thing or are they not and Anyway, we'll get to that with Breakdown. But Tarantulas is like by himself just trying to figure out a way to blend in with humans. And it's kind of Nightshade Spotlight episode, but it's nice to have a, a different kind of character there. Tarantulas was played by Alfie Allen, who we saw in Game of Thrones. That was kind of cool. And he's working with Nightshade and their fantastic scientific mind to try and figure out how to make a... What do they call them? A hologram? Not hologram? The... 
Hollow Matter Avatar Avatar type thing. Thank you. That's those are the words. Hollow Matter Avatar to to blend in so that tarantulas can just be on Earth and not have to do the conflict anymore. That's kind of interesting. It's like the opposite plot of the movie Avatar, where the big alien wants to look like the smaller (laughs) human and walk around Earth. Yeah. Yes. Just an all-around great character, and, and there's some confusion about, you know, are the are the humans taking advantage of Nightshade? Are are they unhappy with their their things? So Tarantulas tries to like take Nightshade with him as, as as he tries to leave, and it's actually like, oh wait, no, Nightshade really loves their family and wants to defend them, and that's a great source of conflict. And then Tarantulas doesn't go crazy, mad, evil. Tarantulas gets a second chance and allows Nightshade to escape with their family. I think, I mean, it was such a good episode. It was, it was. I, I really hope we see Tarantulas again. Me too. There is no lazy writing here. Not there. I don't know if we've been introduced to a character that's gotten a good chunk of screen time that is solid black or solid white you know there there is a ton of gray in these characters and and they explore that um that's a really and, good point yeah and, and and you know there there's definitely decepticons that you've been introduced to that get like hardly any lines like um uh skull cruncher is just a big brute that kind of just growls and turns into an alligator and tries to eat people and it's awesome the insecticons i don't even think we've seen them in bot mode uh so they just kind of seem like mindless insects attacking um you know a couple of the seekers show up and they they maybe are are some of the most sort of you know i don't know i don't even know if they would necessarily seem evil they're more like mercenary kids that are just out there to you know i don't know cause trouble for the fun screams like around yeah oh well shockwave got a spotlight episode he's pretty clearly evil he is but he's also kind of seeming like just pissed at megatron as well like that's true. Like that's personal... different than being evil. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess his leader is a traitor. I mean, yeah. even if he decided that his cause was unjust, he still betrayed his cause. So We met Breakdown as well. I wanted to talk about him because he's like Bumblebee's best friend from before the war. And that's kind of interesting that those characters haven't been related before. Uh, when I talked about it with Phil as he was watching it, Phil was like, oh yeah, it's like that time in you know the Transformers movie where they they fought each other and it's like they had that relationship and that's never been explored. And I was like, that's great, Phil. Except that's barricade. Yeah, thanks for airing <laughs> my uh, my slip up there to everyone. Thought that was private. Well, I I think it would have been better served if that that breakdown character had been a barricade character, but that's okay. But I um, told you I told you the reason I was glad it was breakdown and not barricade is because and he says in the episode yes. I'm a stunticon. Breakdown doesn't even identify him so much himself so much as as a as a Decepticon. He basically says, "My family unit is the Stunticons, and I'm with them." Yeah, and that's a big big theme. If we haven't you know if you haven't gathered that already, as family. Yep, exactly. I'm, I was getting to that, so I'm glad you got to that because it's again more of that gray stuff. Like, who are the Stunticons? I mean, he's got a Decepticon badge, so I guess they're Decepticon affiliated, but. You're right. He's not identifying as Decepticon. He's he's a Stunicon first, but he still has loyalty to B, and he helps B escape from Ghost, and that's a, a really interesting 
thing like they have this the all these coordinated stunts that they do together that they've clearly done many times before and at the end it's like a a 50 50 of which one's going to escape and which one has to get captured so whereas i said it would be it would be nice to see tarantulas again we need to see breakdown again it's true he, he did get captured like for a story purpose we need to see breakdown again and that leads me to something anna alluded to earlier actually maybe Catherine alluded to it somebody did when you get to the end of this second group of episodes so many things are left dangling which leads me to think that there's another group somewhere there's a couple scenes in the trailers that didn't happen and then there's like there's so many things that are left undone is there a third group or are they just saving all that for season two somehow it's really strange i agree with that it's it's a little ambiguous whether we're going to get more before they start a season two. Like the, the ending of part one, that felt like the end of a season. Like they, they had a big climactic battle against the enemy they'd had so far. Some new characters showed up and we're going to be like, hey, we're interesting for the next season. See you then. And then they just appear. And then nothing gets resolved. Like there's a, a plot with like radioactive energon worms out in the woods and um the the mom what is her name dot Dottie. she's like oh that's something we'll save for another day there is yeah oh yeah the rest of this season is ripe for plot yeah then they go on a a hunt to find grimlock towards the end of the season and they do find him and then he just suddenly disappears and they're just like all right i guess that's fine whatever Plus the breakdown thing, plus the tarantulas thing, plus they they keep hinting that Starscream is doing something since he's been captured inside Ghost, but like, what and is he doing? Jawbreaker still has not chosen an alt and mode. Jawbreaker still hasn't chosen an alt mode. And like, no. that's been, that was a running thing throughout part two. It's like, what's Jawbreaker going to choose? It's like, oh, I don't know. And Hashtag has a whole episode trying to get him one. And then he's like, you know, I'll know my alt mode when I see it. I'll, I'll feel it in my spark. And that's great. Yeah. Feel it before the end of the season. No, I love that we don't have it yet. That's it's skipping. It's not giving us the obvious tropes. It's being well written. I do enjoy that transformers. They have to transform. Oh wow! Wow, listen to that. This isn't Action Masters. Let 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 him be let his own bot. I do That's like fine. Just just write to pitch a ride on top of hashtag everywhere he goes then. Oh, duh. No, it's not so dumb. It, it's mildly frustrating. Like, I know it's coming, but it, it, again, it's just one of those dangling things that they've left off that makes me think it's not the end of season one. Or if it is, bad writing. But that's one of the things I enjoy about Jawbreaker's character so much is that there are times when he seems the most naive of, of all the five Terrans. And and then there's times where it's like, I think he's purposely choosing to be sort of innocent and wide-eyed. Like he doesn't, you know, he, he's been through battles and he's been through stuff and he doesn't necessarily have to be naive anymore. He's just choosing to still kind of view the world through that, um, through that lens of, of being just a big goofball kid sort of deal. And I enjoy that. Because so far, the only one of the kids that's really showed, like, maturity, like, getting more mature as the series goes, just Twitch so far. 
and she's really trying to step into that like leadership, take care of the family role. I would say Nightshade sort of came out of the gate. They were very <laughs> the more mature feeling of all the Terrans, and that that sustained. Itself. They knew themselves the most. Yes. Yeah. And that was another part of the Tarantulas episode where it's like, to, to know yourself that young is it, it, uh, commendable. Whatever, Tarantulas says something about that to Nightshade. Yeah. yeah. And, and Nightshade's the brainiac inventor of, of the group. Yes, the Donatello. Yeah. Yes, thank you. The group. I, you I was, I was very... I mean, I, I know what it is, but I didn't know that Donatello was the the inventor one. Yes. Yeah. All right, cool. That's his Donatello does role. machines. That's something part of he should song. keep to himself. That's, that's part of the intro lyrics. Part of the song, Christian. We're sorry. We're all old. Moving on. I I kept getting worried about how much of a how different they were going to make Nightshade right like I was afraid they were going to try to cram all of the different than everyone else into one character in a way that was going to be uncomfortable and I still feel like they did cram a lot of it into one character but not as bad, right? Like, cause there's at the beginning of the season, they're talking about alt modes and like, you know, Jawbreaker's like, I want to be a turtle and hashtags, like, I want to be everything. And Nightshade's just like, I don't want me nothing. I don't want an alt mode. That's not, that's not me. I don't, I don't do alt modes. And then immediately right after that has a moment where everybody's like, let's go play and have fun together and be children. And Nightshade's like, I don't do that. I don't, I don't play outside. I'm going to go and be mysterious in the basement instead. So I was very worried that they were going to be like, oh, we've introduced a character representing a gender minority and every other type of difference from their siblings. Now, they did end up getting an alt mode, and further in the episodes, they showed more just like, you know, normal kid stuff, hanging out with their family and being a part of the group. But it really had me nervous for a minute that we were going to go that direction with them. They did it. They seemed cool. They seemed fine. But I, I did worry about it. Maybe we're going to get lucky and Jawbreaker is going to just be an action master. It's possible. I thought he was going to go a Dinobot route in, in the last two episodes that Grimlock was so prominent in. I thought he was going to pick a train car. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the writers are doing that intentionally to be like, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, is this is up. No, mm-hmm. no, it's not. So, but oh, actually, but... that would be fun. It's like, he just, yeah, he's an action master who just stays as a protoform forever and ever. All the rolling around and, and, you know, rolling up to a ball and jumping about. It's obvious that he's going to be a rock lord. He's a powerful living rock. Very clear. One of these days, he's just going to be outside playing and he's going to be like, oh, I know how to win hide and seek. Scan a rock. Rock lord jawbreaker. He does have a very gorilla-esque uh, design with the big arms yes. that are longer than his legs and, and the big forearms. So, 
you know, he could he could give Optimus Primal uh, you know a run for his money in terms of that that physique. And so what's a better one. jawbreaker than trying to eat a rock? Exactly. Oh wow. Yeah, he's also so the only one that carries with a, a legacy name. I don't remember Jawbreaker from previous iterations. It's a Beast Wars character. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Transmetal hyena. He's the only one. The only one. All the others have new names. Yeah. Which Twitch and Thrash actually I understand, but Nightshade, that feels like that should have been a name before. Yeah, I agree. Maybe it was copyrighted uh, and I couldn't use it. See, I was worried about that too. My Little Pony have that name. I don't that know. Is not something I would possibly know. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> no clue. You could be right. I don't think so, but I'm not a pony expert. As far as like Hasbro might have still owned it just under a different. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So all the, um... all the other names are kind of like not copyrightable so they have to be like autobot twitch or autobot thrash because those are just words yeah that's yeah that's getting in the the weeds about that um i wanted to talk about the ending that is not an ending because we have a whole (laughs) situation where where hashtag gets taken over her 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 brain gets hacked by the mandroid and they they get her out of it eventually by the power of family which is kind of neat and they've had this like giant energy sphere power move that they can all do together and that's cool and then the show's over they're like all right we're done bye i like that they didn't have to get saved by grimlock it is true i did expect it i expected you to to barrel in at any moment and be like i hope i'm a dinosaur he was just out he's gone i like that they didn't have to get saved by blowing things up that's also true. Mm-hmm. It was a mostly peaceful solution. It's not like they really yes. had to hurt. Hashtag and to save her. When you look at it, there's quite a few episodes that have a fairly peaceful solution. Um, for, for kids cartooning about robots that can turn their arms into blaster cannons. Oh my goodness. Before we before we finish the season, can I just mention the, the, the grizzly bear body horror episode? That's very frightening. I felt like it didn't belong anywhere. There was a bizarre episode where there was a bear and it got like tentacles and went all like mm-hmm. Cthulhu. It was really uh-huh. different. And then, and then Dot's just like, "All right, that's a problem for another day." I did that, you know, the the motion of walking away earlier. Yeah, that's that episode. It's <laughs> that episode. Ghost is like, like oh, waste dumping energon out in the woods or energon byproducts, something, something weird. We don't know. It created she saw a the horrifying bear. She yeah, saw she did. The wormies under a rock, and she was and like, the, oh, that's not great. The bear can, can shows I, up. I, she's I, like, oh, that's definitely not great. And then she's like, all oh, right, well, happy Mother's Day, problem for another day. See you later, wormies and bear. And that that is it. Real quickly, I don't think we established uh, for for those people listening who haven't really watched the show. Ghost is the name of the human agency that is kind of a secondary antagonist that that some of the Transformers are working with to try and rein in sort of bad guy Transformers, especially Decepticons. 
but Ghost seems to have some ulterior motives, uh, not necessarily good for the Transformers' motives, and that is the name They're of like that. They're like Nest, that but more mysterious. Right. Yes. Yeah, and there was definitely a little bit of foreshadowing about Ghost being bad in the first season, and there's Bucket, or first part, jeez, I don't want to be corrected, in the first part, but in the second part, there are buckets. There are buckets of implications that they are bad. Yeah, because there's a new character introduced in the second crop of episodes that um, is part of Ghost, and she is, she, she, she bad guy. Bad lady. Definitely suggested to be a villain, for sure. Yeah. Another another dangly thing at the end of the second part. It's like that one. Do, the the thing with her and and Mandroid towards the end. That feels like a cliffhanger for another season. That one feels like oh, that's not unresolved. Yeah, that was all right. a thing that's starting up. Yeah, but the rest of it, you know, the the worms and bear thing, the jawbreaker thing, the Grimlock thing. It's like well, well, the worms and bear thing tie back to her, right? They do. They do. I guess. We think and even the, the Grimlock thing somewhat ties back to her because Grimlock was part of this sort of bots gladiator Transformers gladiator matches that Mandroid was kind of orchestrating with the help of Ghost. So even in that, you do have Grimlock tied to it, although not not as directly. Yeah, we're we're really not getting to see much beyond what the kids see, which is nice. Yeah, that's true. It's a, a definite narrative choice. That's true. We are definitely stuck with the vision of the characters. We're not going to bad guy scenes. No. Like I, like how, I liked how when B was infiltrating the bot brawl piece, trying to trying to contact Grimlock again, that everyone we saw him fight was a Decepticon, but he was never like revel- reveling in fighting Decepticons. No. When, when he meets up again with someone he fought brawl, uh, later, as Brawl's dying, he's like truly sorrowful that Brawl has come come to this condition. It's like you guys were combatants against each other for millennia, probably at least several years, and B is just trying to help anyone. I think that's a really interesting choice. I mean, it's a kids' show, so they're not gonna have like outright war fueled bloodlust anymore, like they did in the eighties, but like. I don't know. It's just cool to see him show that kind of compassion to his enemy. I it like is. It. And I, mean, I like the, that it's a different take on Bumblebee than we've gotten recently. Because a lot of the, a lot of the newer stuff has always depicted Bumblebee as like the brash kid who mm-hmm. is, you know, cool for kids to relate to, but he's very brash and energetic and whatever. And this Bumblebee has seen some shit and still has some of that like brashness and, um, a little bit of a, da, 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 an ego, but he's definitely a war vet who's just trying to help not make a mess out of things anymore. It's like the idea if you took like G1 Bumblebee, mixed in a dash of hot rod, and then had him like partnered with Cup for 20 years. And this is the, the, the Bumblebee that you would get from that. <laughs> yeah, he's not a minibot anymore. No. No, it just really feels like a, a bumblebee that I can relate to at, at my age. Like you know, mit, you know, if yeah, if I had kids and I don't, but I could, um, you know, you would be mentoring those kids, or you know, you you've been around enough to be seasoned, but not enough 
to be like the expert at everything forever. A little bit of chip on your shoulder, right. but but still enough experience to be dangerous. So this is what I think one of the genius parts about the show is, is that you have so many viewpoint characters. So you have the human kids that, you know, a lot of kids watching the show will see themselves. You have two different age kids, a boy and a girl, so that, you know, you can have relation, you know, you, you can relate to either one of them. And, and, you know, one seems to be more junior high, one seems to be more grade school. So a kid can relate to that. Then you've got the parents. Guess what? The parent, the adult watching that show with their kids, they're going to relate more to the experience of the parents and everything they're going through. And then Christian, to your point, then you also have Bumblebee, who is the, you know, adult, but, but not, you know, having kids not settled down, still has that brashness of youth, you know, still a part of them. They've seen some stuff. They've been through things. You know, you wouldn't call them a, a kid anymore. Um, but, but, you know, yeah, that's another viewpoint character that I'm sure the the writers intentionally put that in there. Because guess what? They know their fan base. Their fan base is kids watching this, parents watching it with their kids, and and young, you know, younger adults, your your millennial generation that's watching this. That's not that's in between those two age groups. It's really quite clever when you put it that way. I hadn't thought of it that way. I kind of knew it that way. But when you put it into words like that, yeah, that's really clever. And I think that's one of the reasons why this show is so entertaining is that they don't treat any of those characters or viewpoint characters as slapstick comedy, you know, Mm -hmm. please get off the screen. The only characters in the show that I feel that way are some of the ghost agents that are, it's intentional, I get it. Um, but, but that's the only sort of dumb humor stuff that's really thrown in there. Yeah. There's a little bit of bumbling from Twitch and Thrash, but like, again, it's because they're children. Right. Alex sometimes gets into, you know, he's a little clumsy. They, they fall sometimes into the, you know, clumsy dad trope, but really not too much. His main characteristic is that he loves his wife a lot and he, loves his family a lot like that's that's his and he also fanboys over bumblebee a lot those are the things that he does that's that's a character i don't know yeah it's, it's good to see I mean, we we talked about this earlier that they, they are a functional family like all of them all, yeah. all the, the parents the b the kids there's so many different interpersonal relationships there and they're all good they all do well like, I want to have is... a marriage like Alex and Dot. Like, those guys are great. I want to be a, a fun mentor, brash guy like B. And also, I remember being a kid like Robbie and Moe and the Terrans. Like, that's great. All of that's yeah. great. And notice that we have it when we're talking about all these family dynamics and big characters. We have not mentioned Optimus Prime because he has not been really a big part of this Transformers show. He was people like B kid. look up to him, but he's he's not B's dad anymore. He's more no. like I don't know. That that B just means like the next general. thing will be even more prime centric. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I mean he, he was more prevalent in the first chunk of episodes. Um and, and like I said, I, I did mention Anna that, that he is not you know the kind of prime that we've seen in the past that that is no. totally confident and decisive like for him it's it's you know there obviously there's a lot of similarities you can draw between this show and some of the idw books where it's post-war um 
but even in the post-war prime in IDW was, you know, he, he kind of was always sort of confident and knew what he was doing. This Optimus Prime is trying to do the best he can, but isn't sure if his actions and the people he's allied himself with do have the best interest of everyone at heart. And he's got Megatron there as his compatriot that is very quick to let him know if he's screwing up and, and not necessarily like in a hugely negative way, but Megatron is someone who doesn't pull any punches uh, in, in a lot of regards in the show. Um, so really good way to pairing him. Yeah, the, the two of them together are, are fantastic. And again, uh, I, I apologize for not remembering the name of the actor who does the voice of Megatron. He played the Hound in Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, just absolutely. Just just every moment that he's on screen is phenomenal. There's there's an episode where the, the episode we were talking about where Jawbreaker is trying to determine what his alt mode is going to be. And Megatron tells the story of why he chose his present alt mode. And it is phenomenal phenomenal like moment of, of transformers fiction like that is. is top notch for me and and then yeah, the shockwave we... sorry go the shockwave and megatron centric episode is another great moment of, of megatron just being this you know it, it, megatron in this is in this show is sort of the character that's it's like the version of Megatron that I feel like we're always sort of reading about, like this was who he was before the war, like why he wanted to, you know, start this uprising and, and, you know, do all of this to try and help, you know, you are being deceived kind of thing, uh, type of character that really does care about his people and wants to see things better for them. Um, and, and he's just decided there's a different way of doing it. This Megatron feels like that versus so much, so many Megatrons in the past that are just these, you know, megalomaniacal villains that, that are just, you know, solely focused on conquering the world or conquering the universe, whatever it may be. I think we could really use a prequel comic for this. <laughs> I agree. I don't know if we've mentioned that on the show, if we've just talked about it amongst ourselves before. Because we've talked about it before. But to show that story that Phil talked about with Megatron's alt mode, to kind of show the closing days of the war... I think yeah. it would probably be a little bit too graphic and take up a little bit too much time for this TV show. But as supplemental material, I think it would be really excellent. See, you, you say that, and I, I part of me agrees with that, and part of me just feels like, no, no, this is like this show already just feels almost too sacred to have someone else come and bungle it up. And maybe that's, I have some bad taste in my mouth from the end of the IDW comics. But mm-hmm. I just, I, I kind of want to see what these writers have done and keep it a little more pure maybe when the show is over and then you know we can get some filler stuff you know later on i'd I'd be down for that but at this point i'm like you know i really want to see what this writing crew has in store for us because so far i'm hook line and sinker on board i get that because they would write in some random comic book writer who would probably be a lot more gritty than anything that's going to come out of the cartoon I yeah, don't need it to be gritty, but you know, I'm, I'm sure characters would die in the war. That's sort of what happens. Right. Yeah. Apparently, right, the show is... maybe that doesn't need to happen on camera in the show, perhaps. Except for Brown. Apparently, the show is also available on Nickelodeon, not just yes. Paramount Plus. Oh, is Correct. It? Yes. 
I don't like know where. Or... I think it's it might just be on air. Oh, okay. I don't know where they're at when it comes to the episode releases on Nickelodeon, but, but it is a Nickelodeon show that as well as Paramount Plus exclusive sort of streaming thing. I just didn't. I know it was supposedly a Nickelodeon show. I just didn't realize it was had actually aired on Nickelodeon in some format. That's because it's just like you know, do, do things actually exist on like television anymore? Unless it's like yeah. sports or news, like it's just streaming or nothing at this point, right? Yeah, that's true. So one thing I think is you know we've always or a lot of us have pined for an IDW TV show and you know how they would do that like a more than MCI for um, you know in, in, in TV form and I feel like a lot of the tropes that um, you know I enjoyed about the IDW run of Transformers comics you guys have kind of hit on in the show you know the fact that the uh, that the characters a lot of them there are not black and white that there's lots of shades of gray uh, the fact that, you know, you kind of have that story arc with Megatron where, you know, he's, you know, kind of, uh, you know, the bad guy in the past. And now, you know, he's kind of just uh, been there and just fantastic writing in general. Um, and, and so it sounds like this is kind of like that, you know, that perfect kind of show that uh, we've been wanting as Transformers fans is what it sounds like. It really scratches all the itches for, that I've had for this franchise for a very long time. You know, humanizing the robots, showing them living life instead of having war, actually giving them diverse personalities, allowing for character development that isn't just fighting. Like, this is that series that's giving us that, finally. And, well, as yes, you're right, the IDW run that you all love, it did have all that, but it had the baggage of having seen those same characters commit mass murder first and then the humanizing and the like acting like people. But this series didn't do that, right? Like they gave us characters that seem genuine and good and don't have to have a bunch of blood on their hands specifically. And it's cool. Like it's just nice to see Transformers existing as people in peacetime. It is kind of weird to have two shows like that in a row, but I'm here for it. Well, and now I, I like that we saved the most important and, and best character for last because Frenzy did get to show up again in a couple more episodes there. <laughs> and I am just in love with that character. She's my new favorite Cassetticon. I really love her, her and was that Buzzsaw or Laserbeak? Yeah, it was, was Laserbeak. Buzzsaw, Buzzsaw okay. sitting there doing a Statler and Waldorf the whole time. It's just fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was silly, but it was fine, right? Like, it was yeah. uh, they were given their chance at freedom. They didn't entirely get away from their villainous ways, but they, they definitely made a step up. I hope they just keep appearing throughout the seasons, just like as kind of fun side characters. Absolutely. The, the way you phrased that made me, made me key on something. There's a big theme of second chances in this show. Tons. They get one yeah. tarantulas. This episode is all about that breakdown. 
had a chance to have one and gave it up for B Megatron. to have one instead. Megatron's whole thing is having a second chance. Hmm. And I think that's one of the overall themes with the Transformers on Earth of, of like giving these aliens a second chance to integrate yes. into society after this war took place. And you have people, you know, you, you have humans that are like, uh-uh, nope. Nope, no second chance. They, you saw what they did to this planet. You saw what they did to this city. I don't want to give them a second chance. Yeah, because they had the that straight up racist moment. Yes. Yeah, they did, and I feel that it wasn't. I wouldn't call it fumbled, but I really wish it would have been spread out a little more, so it would have felt a little more impactful. Because they put all of the all the anti robot prejudice in one episode, in one episode that was just full of things going on. Like there was, I think it was that episode. I think it was that last episode, the 45 minute episode was just too full of everything. Like, you know, that's where the robot brawl happened. That's where Nightshade became Batman for 10 minutes. That's where they met the kid who obviously had some racism taught by his father. You know, all of that. That that's also the episode where um a uh, hashtag got hacked and everything. That was all in that one little story, right? So I feel like because the message of hey, some humans are racist versus transformers was just kind of it just wasn't as strong as it could have been if it would have been spread out a little better. If they had but, tried know. to do it any stronger, it might have been preachy though. I just need to be stronger. Just needed to be more prevalent. Yes, more prevalent in other episodes. Yeah. Like the the best example is is what Anna and I talked about uh, separately about this once. So we meet this kid that she mentioned, the 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 kid's Robbie's friend, and he's like, "Oh, you you're not you they're not really your sisters." And Robbie's like, "Oh no, they're actually my sisters. They're you know they're part of my family." And he's got the racism that he's learned from his dad, and then he gets over by the end of the episode. But Anna's better story example was that you know this is Robbie's good friend from before he moved out of Philly and moved out to the the country. Like if this is the guy that you know they're FaceTiming throughout the the show, or this is like, hey, I'm gonna go meet my friend in a couple weeks. I'm so excited to see him again. Like, just build build to that. But instead, it's just a brand new character who suddenly has this and then suddenly gets rid of it just as quickly. Who doesn't have time to land, especially in an episode that's packed full of all those other th- things we mentioned. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like it, that's it, the only time the show really did that. Like the that last episode was the only time it felt crammed. I felt like everything else was given time to develop and be talked about and work well. It was just that stuff was crammed in there, which was a bummer. I've got a question around the last episodes that I'm confused around. So we what? see the kids and the Terrans go to Philly to hang out for the night, and they're just walking around Philly. Like it's normal for Transformers to be walking around, whereas most of the time it feels like if Transformers are not doing something specifically affiliated with ghosts or the government, then they're being like imprisoned. You know, they're they're treated almost like mutants from the X Men comics a, a lot on this, and so like I was confused by that. I was like, wait, aren't aren't these Terrans supposed to kind of be in hiding? Aren't they on the farm with their secret underground bunker under the barn for a reason? 
So that that left me scratching my head a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I think the Autobots get to wander around freely. I, I guess so. We just haven't really seen that. So it's another one of those things that I could have sprinkled it in. So so I think I think one thing I would have done differently with the second batch of episodes of get rid of the bear episode and done something else with that. <laughs> you sprinkle in some of these things that we just talked about that that felt that made the last episode feel too crammed. Is that episode crammed because it was suddenly the end or another reason? Because I, I mentioned previously that the ending of the first part, that felt like a good end. That was really like, good. all right, we've done it. This is the first arc. And this other one is just like unfinished and you have these the normal episodes and then you have like cram episode at the end. So is that is that because they had to wrap it or is it just because it came out that way? I don't know. That's possible that it's because they had to wrap it. The first chunk of episodes were ten episodes, and the second chunk was eight. So maybe, maybe they had to cram things two episodes shorter, um, and that's why it felt a little weird. I mean, we we might find out like production notes down the road. Um, no, it was eight and eight. It was eight and eight. Yeah, I think it was eight and eight. Okay. No, it was it was it was it's, it's with technically the two, eight and the seven and count them that way. Yeah. Okay. So, so the first season, the first episode was a two-parter. The last episode was a two-parter. Or the first, god damn it, the first part, the first episode was a two-parter, and the last episode was two-parter. The second part, the last episode was a two-parter. The rest of them were one-parters. Yeah. So ten and eight. There's eighteen total episodes so far. That's interesting. 18 22 minute chunks. Yeah, that's a better way to put it because they are numbered as episode one is part one and two, and then episode two is the third episode or the yeah. third 25 minute chunk. Yeah. Anyway. Weird numbering, but yeah, 10 and 8, 18 total. It does feel like there's some stuff missing. It's possible, but like, you know, something I have to explain to my castmates quite often is that I criticize everything. Like I can really, really like something. Like I can really, really like a new figure and then still sit there and tell you like where the flaws are on its face and why its hip doesn't go out far enough. And then, you know, five minutes later be like, I love it. I want to marry it and move on with my life. It's the same with this cartoon, right? Like I can definitely find a few flaws here and there, some things I was not impressed by, but overall I'm, very happy and I hope it continues long enough to tell multiple new stories and to bring in more characters and to continue to produce probably the first actually the second but the first that people are watching wholesome Transformers content right because Bot-Bots was wholesome Christian mentioned it earlier no one even realized that he missed no one engaged him oh I I thought you were talking about Cyberverse because Cyberverse had a lot of wholesomeness to it Oh, not not like this. No, not like this. But it was more wholesome than most Transformers. It was. It was was a step. But this is like sheer family. This is a family sitcom from the 90s turned into an action drama. It's great. So I I definitely want more episodes. Yeah. I think we're unanimous there. I, I mean, I will. Yeah, well, ho- hopefully, I'll uh, get a chance to watch it with my 
my kids if we actually get some time to sit down and watch TV together. Um, Is there anything we didn't spoil for Lucas so we could just ruin it all for him? We never said what Nightshade's alt mode is. Oh, ooh, let's leave that a mystery. Pretty mysterious. We did we talk about that Mandroid becomes a Simpsons character at the end of the second part of episodes? Like his skin turns yellow and he's got like big bulging eyes. It's like you, yeah, you look like a maniacal Simpsons character. That's kidney failure, man. <laughs> okay, he's jaundiced. Yeah, that makes sense. He's got robot nonsense going through his human organic body. That's not good for it. Yeah, that's probably his true. kidneys don't work anymore, man. He's not supposed to look at oil and energy. No. But then no. they get the five o'clock shadow. It's like you look like a Jack Evil Homer Simpson. No, the- like Homer Simpson's brother. Was it Herb? Was it er- Herb? Was Homer Simpson's brother that was voiced by Danny DeVito, who was like a better looking version of Homer Simpson? It's like you made him an evil mad scientist. That's how Mandroid would look at the end. That's how, how Mandroid looked at the end of the second chunk of episodes. I'm glad yeah. they cast Diedrich Bader for that because he does very well in that role. Oh, yeah. He's fun. Yeah. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, I, I have seen a lot of Earthspark toys on the shelves uh, recently. So Yeah, they're here. That, that's nice to see. We don't have enough. I want that fader puppet thing. I'm going to say this really loud and really clear right now. Give us more Earthspark toys. You got Nick Roche doing designs for these things. Brawl looks awesome. That's the coolest looking brawl I've ever seen on the screen. Skull Cruncher looks freaking outstanding. I love Skull Cruncher. Give me a big giant alligator transformer any day of the week, and he's magenta and forest green. Hell yeah. Give me that. Give me the yellow golden face. It's just give me that. Like they have made awesome, awesome looking designs. Breakdown is fan flipping tastic looking he turns into some like old school mustang looking car this race car that just looks so badass so yeah and an give... mp seticon of frenzy oh yeah <laughs> her guitar and all that sort of thing we need that like i don't even care if she's like an action master or a red toy so that we have the full articulation so she can have her guitar you know we've gotten some versions of the sound waves but we need a better sound wave than what we've gotten we need like scaled correctly toys of this cartoon because this is yeah. this is great great stuff and, and i want megatron but down. i don't want that deluxe megatron i want like no, leader I megatron either I want a nice. But give us another one. That was teaser Megatron. I wonder I if, this, so. if this series will 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 drive that home, right? Like, how many? Like, the four of us are all are all adults who had no other reason to watch this than we wanted to. I know you watched it with your kid, Phil, but you watched it because you wanted to. Yeah. So I, I wonder how much of the fandom is doing this. You know, like, are we actually all watching it? Are we making it loud? <laughs> that we like it because it never it felt like cyberverse didn't really catch on with the adults you know like even though anyone who watched it said oh season two was okay and season three was legit good um still, but season one was so really catch on with the, of cyberverse season one bothered people for reasons yeah. that a lot of cartoons i like bothered people um yeah, I'm hoping this one resonates a little more with the adult fans, and then that does convince Hasbro to be like, oh, well, maybe we will make some nicer figures, or at least more. 
so, so there's one big elephant in the room with this that I feel could could steer us one of two directions uh, with the toys for the show, and that is Rise of the Beast. Um, so since you've got that coming out at the same time, obviously Hasbro is putting out a lot of toys and merchandise for that show, for that movie. And in total true. sense, that's going to get a lot more eyes than the show will. So are we not getting as many Cyberverse toys because of the movie? Or is it just like, we'll never get that many Cyberverse toys partially because of the movie and partially because they just view these cartoons as, as like it started with what R.I.D. that we started to get kind of crappy toys to go in line with the cartoons. Um, so Cyberverse had a lot of toys. Like it didn't yeah. have a lot of deluxes. It had like what, maybe 15 deluxes across the entire line. I'd have to go count mine. But it did have a lot of toys. You know, they were one-step changers. They were warrior class. They were all over the place. But it had a lot more than our Spark has so far. So I think you might be right that just some of the energy that Hasbro has to produce product is taken up by getting the Rise of the Beast product out before the movie so that it's on the shelves when the movie comes out. Yeah, I just, I would like to see this show gets some of the same treatment that the movie is getting where we're getting studio series toys for the movie. I'd like to see studio series versions of, of this, these cartoon characters. Maybe it'll be an animated where you know, animated came out in a movie year or no animated came out. Yeah. In a yeah, movie year. It was the movie year. Right before. And so it had to wait for a little bit for its toys to hit fully. I mean, there was that limited release at BotCon in 08. But then, the, you know, by the next year, 2009, Animated was everywhere. So perhaps, you know, by the fall after Rise of the Best is over-ish, or has, has at least passed its initial launch, we'll see more Earthspark. And it won't be a bot-bots where they're like, oh, look, a show with no toys. And then there's some toys that aren't really related, and it's nine months later. Congrats. But you got the... Video game controller car, right? Did in the pizza slice. Yeah. They are okay. <laughs> I keep meaning to look for those on clearance because I think they would make fun accessories for my other toys, but I can't pay the full price for them. Their, their crews are clearly meant to be the uh, the main characters from the show, and then suddenly they were not. <laughs> that that should have gotten a second season. It should have. Thank you. Yeah, I don't it's want still, this to be mumbled good. like Botbots. I feel it, like Botbots was pretty mumbled. Yeah. Kind it's, of like the problem with Botbots is that you know at its core it was a toy line, and at its core it was a toy line that did not actually hit home with most Transformers fans. Christian, yes, I wanted to like it so bad, but just like playing with the toys brought me no pleasure. Like there was no, they weren't fun. They were annoying. I think they hit in a big way really quickly Yeah. at the end of that Shopkins-like fad. And there was a little bit of fiction and kids were really enjoying it. I mean, just look at the population of my Facebook group, how it grew in the early days and who it was growing with. And then, 
I, I think that, the that fad was, was over. Is, yeah, that I, I think that that was probably more of the issue with Bot Bots is that fad was over and stores and right as the, the series toys anymore. The series should have hit in you know 2019. It got delayed and then it got COVID delayed even more. So I think that's what happened to Bot Bots. There's so many toy lines and media properties that just miss it, you know, by six months or so. And they just, they just mm-hmm. flounder. Earth Spark feels like a whole new initiative. It doesn't feel like an afterthought like BotBots does. It feels like, you know, they're really investing into getting good writers to tell good stories. They're, they're hiring real voice actors now. This, this, this isn't the Netflix stuff. This is, this is something new. This is the this best is prepping for the 40th years. anniversary next year. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that's why I feel like we have spent so much time complaining about the lack of Transformers media or that Transformers media is somewhat mediocre uh, and all that. And so it seems like we finally are getting that where they're real. Oh, or that um, the media that they're putting out is not high budget. Um, I mean, it seems like this is, you know, almost Hasbro responding to all of our complaints and saying, here you go. Here's a well-written show that like is, has a good budget, has, you know, good voice actors, good all around engaging story and all that. So hopefully it does, uh, catch on. Um, I think again, like the, the trouble I feel like with this show is, is just, it's like how many people have Paramount plus is, is kind of the, the tricky thing. Um, I think that um, that's where I think that if this show was on Netflix, I think that it would, you know, be one of the top shows, um, you know, on there. I think it would be on the the trending shows because, I mean, you even saw that like when the Netflix show, the Transformers Netflix show came out, like it trended for a bit. But of course, like there's no word of mouth just because it wasn't that great of a show. Um, I mean, it was, it was fine, you know, it wasn't great. And so I think that I almost wish this and the Netflix show could have traded places and it could be on, on Netflix and, and who knows, maybe it will be after a timed, you know, maybe next year that they'll put these, uh, for the first season on Netflix and then they say, Hey, if you want to watch season two, it's go, go over to Paramount plus. I don't know. No, I think because this is made by Nickelodeon, and so they're part of Paramount. So I think unless mm. Paramount Plus goes away, I don't see it ever going away. I, it, no, and I've, no. I've definitely gotten the vibe that Paramount is trying to make Transformers a tentpole franchise to drive people to streaming. Whether yeah. or not it will be successful or not, we'll see. Um, you know, Lucas, I think your kids are negotiate with Hasbro to get the older series. Honestly, everything yeah. goes to Netflix yeah. just to get one season and die. I can see that actually, though, like them writing in the older stuff because they did it with Star Trek. Exactly. Because yeah. the original um, series is on Paramount Plus, and it's the only Star Trek series I've been watching on Paramount Plus while I have my mom. It's harder because, like, Transformers Prime was was through, um, uh, God, I'm blanking on the name of the the hub, and the then hub. animated was made by Cartoon Network. I have no idea. Who made the uh, the Unicron trilogy? Weren't those on like Fox Kids? Um, so uh, yeah, something like that. But so so sort of currently, like, you can watch G One animated Beast Wars, Armada, Energon, 
think Cybertron, all on Tubi. Okay. Right but so. does anyone know what Tubi is? And it has ads. Yeah. I don't know. Pull it to Paramount. Paramount seems to be wanting to build stuff around franchises and Transformers yeah. is yeah. they have. Yeah. So hopefully they I still think that Hasbro up. got back the first Robots in Disguise when they bought Saban. So put that out there too. Oh, yeah. No one's seen that here in 20 years. I mean, are you missing that much? There you go. 20 yes. year anniversary coming up. It was up last? last year. Whatever. It yeah, was what two was years ago. I stopped paying attention for a second. 20 year anniversary of what? Robots in Disguise. Oh, okay. And, Wait, and that what was, was that jet toy you got? It's an airplane robot. It's the new age robot. It's the the golden black star screen. Gotcha. The black death. Nice. Let Paul know it's a star screen. Oh, Paul knows I have this magically. Oh, okay. It it sort of looked like a GoBots leader one for a moment, so that's why yeah. I was very curious. New age thank you. Took me half yeah. the show to transform. Go, go watch our spark. We all like it. We hope. There's yeah, more. agreed. Yeah, it's a recommendation. Yeah. Like, watch oh, it. Sorry. Don't watch it if you don't like families or happiness or you can't like like legitimate children who are real people. You don't like good things. So watch it. That's true. If you don't like good things, don't watch it. Yeah. There you go. And before before we go, I also want to. Uh, Give a shout out to at Thunder t- at Thunder Titty. That's their Twitter handle um, for the fantastic room party and products they were selling within. Um, I believe this Rick recalls the party from last year. This year they decided to make it a little more clear and um, had some fun accessories for sale for your toys that glow in the dark. So, well, some that didn't, some that don't. Cute little stones for a fish tank, and then some other things. That's one of the highlights of being on the show was getting Rick to tell that story last year. Some people, uh, some people like the product. Some don't. I wish I'd been there to check it out. I would have liked to go to that room party with you. It would have been fun. Well, there you go. Next year. I bought more thick to send you. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention Book Club this week is going to be Transformers, the Headmasters, Chapters 1, 2, and the Decisive Battle of Planet Beast in 3. So that's uh, uh, Sunday nights at 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central on the TF Talk Discord. Um, Go watch Earthspark. Uh, uh, Zaldron says that Hasbro only bought Power Rangers, not Saban. Disney might have the R.I.D. rights from when they bought Saban. So, anywho. So, well, thank you guys for joining me tonight. Thank you to everyone in the chat. Thanks to Ron and Zaldron. Thanks to, I think Paul was in here earlier as well. uh, And uh, Peter at the beginning. So, yeah. Paul almost did the episode from my basement with me tonight. There there you go. Oh. Yeah. All right. Um, well, thanks. Oh, yep. What were you gonna say? 
just like, subscribe, smash that like, subscribe. Seriously, do it. All right, thanks, guys, and we will see you next week. Or actually, are we going to have an episode on Wednesday? It sounds like Paul's doing something, but I think Paul it might, might be, be slightly doing elitist. An episode on Wednesday, potentially, and another ouch my wallet, so, uh, or oof, or whatever he's calling it, so. Uh, the big old fancy MP that just came out. So we'll, we'll see. So, all right, well, thanks, guys, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Right. Have a good night. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of TFTalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another T-F-Y-L-P. <laughs>